politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight and guard our liberties. This is Daniel Horowitz, your show host back in the house here at CR Podcast, Thursday, July 8th. And folks, here's the deal. As you know, we always skate to where the puck is headed, not to where it's been. We focus on discernible policy outcomes, not cheap talking points. And that's really what sets us apart from the rest of the conservative media, the phony Republican Party. This is what we are lacking in leadership to the system, an alternative movement to the corrupt system, a focused movement. And I'm going to talk about it today mainly through the prism of crime stories, the the crime issue, but also the vaccinations, the COVID fascism, that they are experimenting upon us as if we are the lab rats. There was a funny cartoon being passed around yesterday where a father gorilla tells the son, um, be patient for the vaccine and we have to first wait until they're done trying it out on humans. And it's really not funny because that's really where we are now. There are known problems that are just the tip of the iceberg. And they're doubling down on forcing it, criminalizing people basically for not getting it. When we are just beginning to find out the extent of the problems, this government we have, they're not stupid. They're doing it on purpose. I challenge you to tell us. How they are any better than North Korea, Al-Qaeda, Iran, the Chinese government. Our government, our political elites are more evil than anything on earth. The amalgamation of what they are doing with invading our country with cartels and drugs and illegal aliens and sex offenders. Letting go the worst criminals on the streets while locking up political prisoners without bail. Blocking cures to COVID even six months after more than that, eight months after we started talking about this, they still have not come up with any prophylactics, any early treatment regimen. Because they want people to die so then they can use it as an excuse to continue the fascism. Truly disgusting what is going on, the lies, the deceptions. And what do we have from the Republican Party as an opposition? Cheap loser talking points. Where is that committed movement to expose the fraud with these injections? And how there's a much better way to save lives without the risks and without enriching corrupt bureaucrats. No, all the Republican governors are saying you better get get the jab, including children. You know, I saw yesterday... Jim Jordan put out on Twitter that he had a very simple tweet. Build the wall, fund the police. And I'm thinking, like, those are the cheap talking points. The wall is not even the main point on immigration. And fund the police, it's so defensive. It's like, that's the point of contention now. That's the Overton window. Please fund the police. Really? No, it should be going on offense. An offensive message. Of lock up all the criminals, take them off the streets. 
Jim Jordan was on the House Judiciary Committee when he voted for this First Step Act to let out criminals. I'm sorry, I love Jim, but, you know, it's the cheap Muppet Teletubby talking points. Rather than pounding away at outcomes, we need to abolish or significantly raise bail for violent criminals. We need three strikes and you're out. We're going to talk about that today. Now, folks, today's sponsor, I shouldn't even need to put out an ad for it. I don't need to tell you you're being spied upon. Obviously, you've all heard about the news of Tucker being spied upon. Especially if you're active in conservative politics, they will be monitoring you. So I'm here to advertise a mask that actually works. And that is ExpressVPN. They place a mask on your IP address, essentially making you anonymous. So they can't monitor you, so they can track, censor, spy upon you, sell your information. Take away big tech's ability to monopolize you. Everything you search for, you watch, you click online can be tracked by big tech companies. When I switch to ExpressVPN, I know I have the comfort of mind that my computer, my phone, or whatever else is um, made anonymous. Much harder for them to spy upon us. It also encrypts my network to protect my sensitive information. Um, ExpressVPN allows you up to five devices simultaneously on one family subscription. And I'm really bad at computers, so it's always kind of a deterrent for me to ever just start with this stuff because it takes too long. But it's easy even for me. It's just literally one click of a button. Um, truly amazing. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies and their far-left enablers in government. Defend your rights with a VPN I trust. Visit expressvpn.com slash conservative. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash conservative. Get three extra months free when you go to expressvpn.com slash conservative. So folks, I want to start out with... Um, our first crime story today. As you know, I was the only person with a byline. I wrote dozens of articles opposing this first step act. It actually was called something else before that, that Trump was sucked into supporting what I successfully blocked and worked with several others to block for four years. We lost because Mr. Trump lent his support to this always like little miss helpful always promising to be the greatest ever, but winding up creating more calamity for conservatives than anyone ever before. I'm sorry, that's the truth of it. There is now the head of the Latin Kings gang in Chicago is applying for early release under the First Step Act. Oh, remember we were told, oh, it's only first-time, low-level, nonviolent criminals. Yeah, yeah, as if those are the people sitting in federal prison. I mean, they're not even in state prison, much less federal prison. And the reason why I want to highlight this case is because this guy is quintessentially who the feds over the years have locked up on drug charges. And if you let them out, these are the people responsible For all the street violence in Chicago, you know, we had 22 people killed, 90 wounded over the July 4th weekend. And folks, you know, families are going to be made to care. It's not just, you know, the druggies and the gangbangers killing each other. It's more and more being roped in. Um, There was this Jewish publication I saw that talked about how two Jewish college kids were killed in Chicago recently. 
Um, you know, and it's just what's interesting is obviously, you know, when you talk about Jews, Mormons, you know, people like that, they're kind of the farthest away you can get from violent crime. But once our cities become like this, anyone could get roped into it. That's the point. So there was this one girl that was, um, I think she was stabbed to death on the street. And then over the July 4th weekend, a 20-year-old college student was killed by a stray bullet. He was riding on a train and it smashed into the window and killed him. So when you let out these gangbangers who are in federal prison on either firearms, drugs, or RICO, that's who you're letting out. So the latest guy is Gustavo Colon. And I want to show you the genesis of his history to demonstrate the big lie about low-level drug charges. So, 21 years ago, he was convicted on a multi-million dollar narcotics operation, and he was sentenced to life in in federal prison. Now, he certainly wasn't a low-level drug offender. He was a high-level drug dealer. But you might think, okay, life in prison sounds a little bit harsh for that, right? Well, there's more to the story. You see, 21 years or 25 years before that, in 1971, as a teenager, he was convicted of murdering Glenn Byrne again as part of a gang uh, hit. And then he also put a gun to a girl's head and pulled the trigger, but the gun failed. The appellate court wrote at the time, far from displaying any reluctance or visible effects of intimidation, the defendant fairly revealed, reveled in the execution of his victim. He fired repeatedly into the body and then casually held the gun to the head of the young woman who was spared only because the killer's earlier zeal had emptied the weapon. Oh, so it was out of ammo. So this guy was sentenced to 30 to 60 years. Now you would think you know, attempted murder on one and only because he didn't have the bullet, she survived and then murdered another, it would be life, but it was 30 to 60 years. And of course, he gets out after 25 years in 1997. So this is exactly what the feds used to do at the time when they wanted, when they were actually working to reduce crime. They said, wait a minute. Oh, and I skipped one point. Over those 25 years, he rose to the rank of Corona. I'm not kidding you. That's the leader of, of the Latin Kings, that he's called the Corona, behind bars, and he ordered all sorts of hits while he was behind bars. So they were like, wait a minute, this guy was running the operation behind bars, we let him out now, we're screwed. So they said, we got to get him on something. So they got um, Cologne and his wife on the drug operation, and that's why the judge sentenced him to life, because he was responsible for all sorts of murder. Fast forward now, and he has applied to be released under the First Step Act. Daniel, I thought it was only low-level, non-violent offenders. As I warned at the time, every, including Jim Jordan, almost every Republican, I know Andy Biggs opposed it, but very few opposed it. As I noted, it t- took no account for their prior record. So we all know if you're sitting in federal prison on drug charges... They're almost invariably gang leaders and murderers that serve time for murder, and then the Fed scoop them up on RICO drugs or firearms. This is exactly the case. 
So he's eligible because technically what he's in there now is on a drug charge. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, judges are signing off on a release of career criminals, including top gang leaders, much to the consternation of local prosecutors who are at their wit's end trying to stem the tide of gun violence. They analyzed 200 cases of early release in Chicago under the First Step Act, found more than 60% of those who applied were granted sentence reductions by the judges, including some of the nation's most notorious criminals. There are 75 applications for sentence reduction granted, 45 denied, and the rest are still pending. Republicans voted for this. Trump always talks about Chicago, but he voted for a bill after we knew everything that was happening in Chicago to let these guys out. He signed it. He pushed it. He got reluctant Republicans to support it. I'm sick of the cheap talking points. While simultaneously, not just ignoring the policy outcomes that should flow from those talking points, but doing the opposite. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the Trump era. I'm sick of Fox News. I'm sick of these phony talk radio shows. That all they do is seek cheap talking points, ephemeral talking points for for 24 hours. Each day they wake up with a new talking point. Instead of driving a narrative for enduring policy victories. So even when they indulge an issue that needs to be addressed, like crime, it's a cheap time to fund the police. It's not the issue. The issue is the jailbreak that they support. The criminal justice deform that they support. Now folks, with both parties buying onto de-incarceration, you're going to need to protect yourself. I have a We The People holster that I always carry for my HMK VP9. At least when I'm able to carry it. Around my house and in my yard, I'm I'm always carrying. Starting at just 40 bucks, We The People holsters are custom molded to fit whatever firearm you have, whatever model, left-handed, right-handed, inside, outside the waistband. Their propriety clip design allows for you to easily adjust both the cant and ride. So that's, that's standard on all their models. Um, if you go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR, as in conservative review, while you're there, check out their premium printed hoodies. They have cool long sleeve shirts and also EDC tactical gun belts. Don't use the cheap belts. Um, you need it to be secure because it has to ride properly on you. So you get the proper draw out of that holster. Every holster and gun belt come with a lifetime guarantee. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a full refund. Again, go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. Put in offer code CR for an extra $10 off. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. So folks, you know what Republicans remind me of and these phony conservatives? They're like a movement of um, fans at a football stadium. And they're obsessed with the cheerleaders. They're obsessed with the concession stands. Ooh, look at that there. Look at the guy selling hot dogs there. Look at the cheerleaders. And the cheerleaders become the actual game. And each one has their color war chant. And they start chanting and then that becomes a fight. Except the difference is that the other side doesn't just have a cheerleading squad. They have 11 men on the field. They have a quarterback. They identify the plays they want to make. They make the plays. 
and they get the ball in the end zone. We have men open down the field to the extent we even have a team, and everyone's like, hey, look at the cheerleaders. That's what we have. Talking points are nice, like a cheerleading squad in the aesthetics of a stadium, stadium if you actually have a football team that plays good ball. This is what happens, as I say all the time. Republicans, the left goes three light years to the left. Republicans get schlepped along with them. Then they take three steps back to the right, and they fight like cats and dogs over those three steps, all missing the point. My father was asking me, like, what's with Barrett and Kavanaugh, and how did this happen? With us getting screwed, all three Trump appointees have screwed us. They just alternate times. And I said the answer is, I was the only one I put out at the time 15 questions that we should have answers of all of them. No, no, we just have to fool the other side and be cagey. But they're fooling us. And especially because we've had 100 years of experience with GOP nominees, us not knowing where they stand. And many of the issues we got screwed on were on my list. They were all on my list. But we were too worried about the aesthetics and the Democrat response because you could nominate a Susan Collins for president. But if that gets in the way of their guy, they'll fight over it and she'll become the new, you know, Donald Trump. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't make them what we want. Of course, they're going to fight tooth and nail and accuse all of our people. And now our side's like, you see, you see, you accused Amy Barrett of being a right winger and she's not. Like as if that's a good thing. We always want our talking point. Stupid talking points. Rather than outcomes, victories. So it became an end to itself. Oh, they're attacking Kavanaugh, which we all agree was horrible what they did to him. But the point is, I'm like, dude, we're spending all this capital. Did, did, is he even with us? And I knew he wasn't. Oh, it's so nice. Amy Barrett has a nice family. She adopted a bunch of kids. Awesome. But are they going to deliver the goods? If you don't have a paper trail of the guy doing it, like a Bill Pryor, like a Jim Ho, if you don't have a record, like on a political level, you know, for elected positions, like Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan in Idaho, where she has demonstrated from day one, fighting against her own party as Lieutenant Governor, her own governor, holding rallies, burning his masks and and, uh, stay-at-home orders and becoming governor, acting governor for a day and reversing his mask mandate. If you don't see that, it ain't there and you're not going to get it. You can't just go based off the left's response. Oh, the left hates Trump. Okay, but but fine. (laughs) But are you going to get what you want from him or anyone else? I'm just sick of it. Rather than, oh, look at what the blue cities are doing with crime. Why are, what, where are the Republican legislatures in the states they control dealing with crime? Three strikes and you're out, which we really don't have in any meaningful way in any state. And let's go through some of that. I want to go through some of these cases. Every day I see these poster childs for three strikes and you're out. Every single day. 
I don't even know where to start. Let's start with the Wichita, Kansas case. Pregnant woman killed by a fugitive who was being chased by the police. This is this is Wichita, Kansas. Okay? Red state. Republicans have super majorities in the legislature, but there are a bunch of garbage there. 22-year-old Samantha Russell. Another name you'll never hear about was killed when Javin Irvin went through a red light, crashed through her. Killed her. She was pregnant. The unborn baby is in critical condition. They're investigating a robbery at a hotel, and then he took off and they were chasing him. But here's the deal. Here's the deal in that case. Here's the money quote. Kansas Department of Corrections records show Irvin had has a prior aggravated battery conviction and four robbery convictions. He was been in and out of jail since 2004, and he was let out on June 15th. Just a couple of weeks later, guess what he does again? Robbery. So here's the deal. Is it too hard for Republicans to push in every state that they control? You want a catchy title that has worked before when we tried it until it was gutted by the politicians in the courts. That's a great talking point, but also a talking point that leads to something meaningful. Three strikes and you're out is it because it totally denudes them of this talking point of first time nonviolent low level crap. Three felony convictions, you should be gone because you have demonstrated you're a threat to society. You have demonstrated the recidivism that you're not going to be, you know, they're always like, Daniel, prison is not helping people. Yeah, no kidding. The point of prison is to incapacitate, punish, and deter. Rehabilitation is, is a pipe dream that once in a while you can get. But that's, that's, that's the lowest, you know, the, the least significant point, purpose of incarceration. So they're like, let's abolish prison. My point is, no, if they've shown to be recidivism, you can't say they didn't get their second chance. Lock them up forever. Three strikes and you're out. How does someone have an aggravated assault conviction and four robberies, all convictions, which as we've talked about many times, they're hard to land these days. I'm sure he had a much more substantial arrest record. How was he allowed out? I bet you on his last robbery, despite three priors and a prior assault conviction, probably only served a few years. And of course, he's out again. And we will never hear of 22-year-old mother-to-be, Samantha Russell. Classic poster child in a red state for three strikes and you're out. You go on to New York, Staten Island. New York police arrested a Staten Island man, except he wasn't a regular Staten Island man, for throwing a firework at a Jewish woman from the back of a pickup truck who was attending a pro-Israel rally. 24-year-old Mohammed Othman. Oh, wow. Another winner we let into this country. He was arrested on hate crimes and assault. So that's a whole other issue there. As we talked about earlier this week on Tuesday, 
with our immigration policy because we don't have enough bad guys in our country. We have to, you know, when we have our our choice of 7 billion people to choose from, we decide to pick jihadists to bring in. But aside from that, guess what? According to the New York Post, he had six prior arrests, including domestic violence charges. They all, all the Republicans... All these phony conservatives. Oh, Jesus believes in second chances. Okay, so you got your second chance. Three strikes and you're out. That needs to be the rallying cry. Three strikes and you're out. Then we have also in New York, if you remember the Marine tourist who um, who was injured at Times Square. This is a big deal. Was considered safe for two decades. So it turns out, it's it's a it's a teenager, sixteen year old, Avon Darden. He mumbled through his mask when asked if he had a message for the family of twenty one year old Samuel Pollan. Yeah, I got a message for the family. Um, but I don't think he wound up saying anything. He was charged with attempted murder. And reckless endangerment in connection with the June 27th shooting. Again, this was broad daylight, opened fire, broad daylight in Times Square. The Marine was visiting the city to attend a baptism. Um, and I think he is going to recover. It's the second shooting that they've had in the area. But here's the deal. Darden, at 16 years old, had been arrested by NYPD on five previous occasions, all of which are sealed. So this is why the ultimate three strikes and you're out problem is with the juveniles, because we can't even see their record. But instead, we had Republicans in Florida seeking more expungement and sealing of records for juvenile criminals, violent criminals, with no exceptions for the amount of times and severity of the felonies, Ron DeSantis, thankfully, vetoed that bill. This is what we have. So the same Republicans, that will be like, that's a bright fire there. Not good. Dem- Democrats set fire. And then they go and play with matches or a blowtorch right at the freaking thing and pour lighter fluid on it while they're bantying about with their stupid trope and their bromide to say on cable news or their tweet or whatever. That's what social media has done. It's reduced conservative commentators to and, and, and Republican officials to rubble. Just a bunch of numbskull losers like the left. Except the left, actually, they're not dumb. They get what they want. So that's with that. Then we have, I'm not done yet. Then we have the case in Memphis. Memphis woman desperate for new home and fears retaliation after double shooting. So this is the pretrial bail break release. WMC 5 in in Memphis. Long after the blue lights stop flashing, the crime scene tape is tossed in the trash. Violent crime victims are often left to deal with the aftermath. 
Okay, this is a very important problem nobody talks about. Baby, I pray about it every day. I thank God for me being here every day, said La Carissa Oliver. Now, she's black. Black victim of crime. Last thing I remember seeing was my son. My son stood in the door. He was screaming, said Oliver. She and her nephew, PJ, were shot in her front yard. She survived critical injuries, but her 20-year-old nephew died right there on the scene. Um, I don't know where she was shot, but it says it was critical, but she survived and her nephew was killed. So this is one homicide, one attempted homicide. Well, guess what? The two shooters charged. No, those three people charged in connection with the case, including a juvenile. Tawana and Tawana Ayers, they're spelled differently. I don't know how to pronounce them. Were given, I'm not kidding you. Okay, this is murder and then another attempted murder. $15,000 and $25,000 bonds, respectively. Both have posted their bonds. These people are still in the neighborhood. They may ride by while we're here. Oliver says she's terrified. Okay. I cannot tell you, this is the other part of it. It's not just that they're out on bail, low bail, no bail for the worst things, bunch of priors, I'm sure they had priors, and then they commit more crimes. It's that the original crime is then so hard to land a conviction on, which further downgrades their criminal history and further allows them to stay on the streets. Because what happens with a lot of the victims is they don't want to testify. And they have to live in fear. Where are the national programs and organizations dealing with this? The victims of crime. I can't tell you how much is a problem. It's particularly a problem with, um, you know, these like stalkers, these uh, uh, people who try to become a boyfriend or maybe war or even an ex-husband. And they stalk women and they violate their uh, protective orders They leave threatening messages, do horrible things, and they're released on low bail, even though they're the ultimate threat to a specific person. And he let them out on bail. Guess guess where they're going to come back to? Where's the sympathy and compassion? Where are all, all the phony evangelical leaders? And I'm not picking on evangelicals. It's every major religion. Oh... Criminal justice reform. What about victims of justice reform? But no, notice how they don't speak specifically about the specific policies that are engendering the crime wave. They say, oh, Democrats want to defund the police. We're going to find the police. Lovely. I'm sick of these Muppet Teletubbies. Why am I the only one focused on this? But we're not done yet, folks. You see, while murderers, and I don't even think they were juveniles. It was two of them. They said one was a juvenile. There are three suspects. So at least one, if not both, of the ones released on ten or 25000 bond for murder was, was an adult, too. Julie Kelly has been indispensable in her reporting on 
the government persecution of anyone who was even near the Capitol on January 6th, Tim Hale, D.C. Circuit Court, denied his appeal to be released from jail. This is six months later, seven months later. Conversations with confidential human source used as evidence against him. He's accused of no violent crime. And no prior history. And he remains in jail indefinitely. While the worst punk murderers responsible for all the mayhem in this country are let out 10, 25,000 bail. I think after hearing a half an hour of me, you can now appreciate what is lacking with Republican politicians, what's lacking with these phony conservative talking rear ends. Then you have Utah. I don't know if you guys saw this, but basically 11, where is this? 11 people who protested at a school board meeting in Utah are facing jail time. This was an anti-mask protest. They were charged with Class B misdemeanor disorderly conduct. Um, that's, that's the new thing that they're clamping down on. 11 patriots were arrested. They could face jail time. Utah is another one of those red states that has let out all the criminals. Oh, they let out all the cr- criminals. No problem there. So these people will face jail time. While meanwhile, the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst are let out. Very serious problem there. And, um, you know, it's something I'm going to cover more in the coming days. This craziness that we're seeing in Utah. It's just, it's just out of control. Utah was one of the first states for criminal justice reform. Unbelievable. Truly, truly unbelievable. And um, this terrific reporter I keep talking about, Wendy Halloran, she reports on their insane parole there. At the, the same state that's doing this, internal documents from uh, Utah adult probation parole our cause for concern. You know, they've been doing this investigation. Basically, they could have prevented the abduction and sexual assault of a 15-year-old girl. News 2 has uncovered internal documents and emails that show how top APMP leadership worked to come up with a narrative to validate their supervision of the suspect, Creed Cole Luhan. Luhan was on parole after an attempted murder conviction Kidnapped a teen at knife point. He acted like he was moving a box and told her he was going to kill her. She didn't get in his SUV. He was wearing a black medical boot on his foot, feigning injury. Took her to his house where he drugged her, sexually assaulted her, and filmed the assault. And they they basically recovered emails showing how they did everything they can despite 
you know, him having a DUI arrest on parole. He was still not reincarcerated. Terrible, terrible things going on there. The worst criminals you could imagine are being let out by the parole board in Utah. There's actually a reporter. I mean, a, a very good reporter. I give her credit. Um, and she reports for, this is the local CBS affiliate. I, you know, I'm surprised they allow that, but, but kudos. There still are some good local news reporters. The state of Utah is just as bad as California and New York when it comes to jailbreak. They'll fund the police in, in, in Utah. But is that the new Overton window? The Republican position is to the left of Dukakis now. Let out all the criminals. Oh, but um, fund the police. That's how you get moved further and further to the left. Even saying don't defund the police is an insult. It presupposes their premise. 62% carjackings are up 62% New Orleans since last year. But um, that's another red state. I'm sick of this. We need three strikes and you're out. We need toughening pretrial release. We need programs to protect victims and witnesses of crime. To make it easier for them to go through the justice system and trials, not just the suspects. But no, cheap talking points. While they actually support the policies that engender the very outcomes that they're from which they're trying to derive their stupid cheap talking points. That's the Republican Party for you. And then there's the other issue. We don't have that much time left, but I do want to get to the other issue, which is the injections. I mean, this is really one of the most serious things of our time. When not only did they cut all the corners and never studied where the spike protein travels and what it does and the lipid nanoparticles, where they deposit and what long-term effects it has, reproductive health. Obviously, the 800-pound gorilla in the room, just from what we can see, is the blood clotting and heart issues. That is known to be a problem with the spike protein. Okay, that is incontrovertible at this point. And not only do they do that and block informed consent and block alternatives to dealing with this virus to this day. It's not like, yeah, we don't like ivermectin or hydroxy, but use this and that. There's many other things. Nothing. They won't even talk about vitamin D. Won't even tell people to check their vitamin D levels. But they are mandating it in the U.S. military in September. They're now threatening to go house to house. There's more news on that after Biden made those comments. Now we need more of a targeted approach. The more problems that come out with these jabs, the more these these vermin push it. And again, like every issue, just like with crime and criminal justice deform at a time when we need a party and a movement and conservative commentariat to serve as an equal and opposing force to give the truth, to give the other side. 
just like with crime, all of them are like, get your vaccine. All these nerdy, fagged up Republican governors. I challenge you guys to show me one iota of difference between West Virginia Governor Jim Injustice and Andrew Cuomo. Show me the difference. If anything, New York is more open than West Virginia, and I'm not kidding you, in terms of the schools and masks at this point, than West Virginia. He's running around with this vaccine campaign, sitting with Martha Raddatz, belittling the people of West Virginia for not getting enough of the the poison. Folks, I want you to listen. It's going to be about a three-minute clip from Brighton.com. It's a good website, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N.com. A video clip of Dr. Charles Hoff. He's a family, family doctor in British Columbia, Canada. And he's talking about his concern very specifically about where the spike po- protein travels and how that's related to the known problems of blood clotting. Take a listen here. When the COVID vaccine is, is, is injected into your arm, we now know that only 25% of it actually stays in your arm. And the other 75% is literally collected by your lymphatic system and fed into your circulation. So these little packages of messenger RNA, and by the way, in a single dose of a Moderna vaccine, there are 40 trillion messenger RNA molecules, 40 trillion that are injected into your arm. So three quarters of these are taken, connected by the lymphatics, They go into your bloodstream in these little packages that are designed to be absorbed into a cell. But obviously, when something's in your circulation, the only cells that they're going to get absorbed into is the cells around your blood vessels. And the place where absorption happens is in the capillary networks. In other words, these are the the tiniest vessels where the blood slows right down. These are tiny, tiny vessels. So these little packages of genes are absorbed into the cells around the blood vessels at the vascular endothelium. The packages open, the genes are released, your body then gets to work reading these genes and manufacturing trillions and trillions of COVID spike proteins. Because even though you get 40 trillion genes, each gene can produce many, many COVID spike proteins. So, and the purpose of the spike proteins is that your body recognizes this as a foreign protein and will make antibodies against it so that you're then protected against COVID. That's the idea. But here's where the problem comes. In a virus, in a coronavirus, that spike protein becomes part of the viral capsule. In other words, around, it's part of like the cell wall around the virus called the viral capsule. But, But it's not in a virus, it's in your cells. So it therefore becomes part of the cell wall of your vascular endothelium, which means that these cells that line your blood vessels, which are supposed to be smooth so that your blood flows smoothly, now have these little spiky bits sticking out. So it is absolutely inevitable that blood clots will form because your blood platelets circulate around in your vessels. and, And the purpose of blood platelets is to, to, to detect a damaged vessel and block that vessel to stop bleeding. 
So when the platelet comes through the capillary, it suddenly hits all these little COVID spikes that are jutting into the inside of the vessel. It is absolutely inevitable that a blood clot will form to block that vessel. Now that's how platelets work. So folks, listen to that. When we talk about the big problems, of which only a portion are reported on the VERA system, it's about 7,000 deaths so far, tens of thousands of hospitalizations, Those are the big immediate issues. But then he talks about the issue with the small blood clots that aren't picked up on CT scans. And he says you need a D-dimer test to pick it up. And he goes on to talk about, it's about an eight-minute clip. If you look it up, you listen to the whole thing. I don't want to play the whole thing, but it's it's all worthwhile to hear. That um, they tested with D-dimer tests. And they found 62% of the patients that had the jab had evidence of small blood clots. And that's long-term damage. You're not going to drop dead over, you know, over, over you know, a period of, of three hours. Same thing we saw with the masking. People wear masks for 8-10 hours a day. Most of the time, they're not going to drop with hypercapnia, hypoxia. But it's subtle over time, increasing your CO2 levels. What does that do to your system? Again, this is not speculation. We know now that 75% of the spike protein travels away from the shoulder. We know that it's related to myocarditis and blood clotting. We know that so many are having problems now. And given that we've never done spike protein vaccines before. Not just mRNA, but as Dr. Malone talked about on the show, the main issue is not so much the platform, but what it induces. So typically when you have fatigue, lethargia, a little bit of fever, which people get from time to time with vaccines, like, okay, whatever. When, when you're done with it, you, you could be pretty confident you're done with it. But with something like this, what's the real story? You know, there's a, there's a great um, article at Trial Site News, great website. You should check it out. Trial Site News, the FDA expanded Pfizer vaccine EUA based on a failed trial. And they go through the details of the 12 to 15-year-old trial. And basically, if you look at the 1,100 or so kids that received at least one jab during the trial phase, 66% developed fatigue. 65% developed headache, 42% developed chill, chills. More than half the kids resorted to some sort of painkiller. Now, that might not sound like a big deal, but remember, that is the bounds, upper bounds of symptoms that kids could potentially get from COVID. So how they could conclude, remember they said it's 100% effective. Because he didn't find any cases of COVID among those 12 to 15 that got the shot, but they claimed to have gotten, um, you know, that 16 kids in the placebo group putatively developed COVID-19 within two months after the second shot, which was, you know, it was a placebo, wasn't the real shot. And again, I don't trust a word they say, but... The question is, with all when, when someone has no or mild symptoms and they test positive for COVID, we've already established that a lot of them in kids are false positives. 
So they say for the primary efficacy endpoint, the case definition for a confirmed COVID-19 case during the trial was presence of at least one of the following symptoms. Fever, cough, shortness of breath, chills, muscle pain, sore throat, diarrhea, vomiting. A lot of that is awfully similar to the vaccine stuff. So I don't get it. So you're telling me 66% of those with the vaccine, this is their own data in the trial, had the symptoms, but it's 100% effective because none of them had COVID. No, no, none of that, none of that was COVID. But 100% of the 16 kids that, that, that you claim had COVID, it was really COVID, even though it was the same symptoms. This is unbelievable fraud. And, and, and again, this is their own reporting. God knows what would happen if you delved into it. But again, when we're talking about the, the heart problems, there's a study here. Andy Bostom sent it to me. The American Journal of Transplantation. You know, organ transplants. This is a study done by British researchers, virologists, and uh, hematologists. And they studied organ transplants from the bodies of those who got the poison. And they found that organ transplantation from deceased donors with the vaccine... Potential risks included early major thrombosis or clinically significant bleeding and possible transmission of pathogenic lymphocytes producing anti-PF4, which can provoke platelet activation and thrombosis. We suggest that liver, lung, pancreas, and small bowel transplants from donors with the vaccine should only proceed in urgent situations as these organs contain high numbers of passenger donor lymphocytes. So here you have a British study saying that the organs of those who got the poison could basically transfer over thrombosis because the spike protein vaccines have these antiplatelet antigens in them, right? I mean, that's, that is the reality. We know that already. I mean, CDC admits it. They say it's rare. But the question is, to what level? Because on a smaller level, it's likely a lot more problematic. But this is where we are, friends. It's an autoimmune response which are involved in triggering coagulation. So, um, anti-plate, it, it basically produces antiplatelet antibodies. Antiplatelet antibodies. You need the platelets to clot the blood. That is very scary. Now, you know what's more common than organ transplants is blood donations. 
what's the deal with that? I believe there's been stuff written on that. I don't have it in front of me, but it stands to reason that if it's a problem with organs, it's going to be a problem with blood donations as well. This is unbelievable. And it, and it's so transparently a fraud. They're already on to Epsilon. I, I, you literally can't make this stuff up. I was the first to write that, by the way. With the Greek alphabet letter, letters, I was the first with that observation. They got it. The California Epsilon strain. Mind you, I thought California did everything right. Moderna is now testing mRNA flu vaccines. How could someone not open their eyes to where this is coming from, where this is headed, how it coincides with the censorship and the coercion and the stifling of information, of alternatives? And name me the Republicans fighting back against this. They don't exist because all they care about are talking points. Oh, you see, Trump invented the vaccine. He had it quicker than anyone. Trump let out more criminals from jail than anyone. You see, take that. That's what it means to be a conservative these days. But you know what? If that's what it is, then count me out. So sadly, the word has lost meaning. You know, Governor Cuomo said he wants to do with gun violence what we just did with COVID. Oh boy, is that truer than he thinks? Because the analogy is perfect. What, you're going to put a mask on the gun? It would work about as well as putting a mask on your mouth from the virus. But more aptly put, it's exactly what he did with COVID. Everything that would work, he prohibited. Protect the elderly? No, he killed the elderly. Early prophylaxis, early treatment, ivermectin, vitamin D, zinc, vitamin C, hydroxychloroquine, a wealth of other things. Nope, bans that. Mandates experimental thrombosis-inducing jabs. Masks that don't work. Literally, that's what he's doing on crime. Signs a bill abolishing bail, letting out all the gun felons. And then, when now on broad daylight everywhere in New York City, you could be shot at, beaten, stabbed. A woman was raped in broad daylight in Brooklyn, caught on camera. Now you can't, you, you can't carry a gun to protect yourselves from the gun felons they let out. Just like you in a nursing home can't be safe from the virus. Because they make you wear and do things that don't work while putting COVID positive patients in there, not allowing families to visit, not giving them vitamin D and anything that works. So, Mr. Cuomo, actually, you're doing exactly with gun violence what you did with COVID. But then again, that is true of almost every Republican governor as well on both of those issues. And folks, that is the story. For today, the story you won't hear elsewhere, which is why I need you guys to subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you hear this show. Give it to 50 to 100 of your friends and relatives. Make sure nobody in your life continues listening to the news without hearing CR Podcast. This is unique. The breadth of information we cover, the perspective, very, very different. We truly are independent. Both parties are corrupt and broken, and you all know that. 
but we're going to continue being that beacon of truth till tomorrow. God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.